Hey you guys, this is the Coupling Spire podcast. Here's a couple of things you might need to know or maybe you just forgot. I'm Taylor, a volunteer firefighter and also a firewife to my favorite firefighter. Join me as I talk anything and everything fire related. I don't claim to be an expert, I just love to talk fire and I'm not afraid to get into real and deep discussions. Everything I say is my own opinion and does not reflect the opinions of any agency or organization I am associated with. Let's get on with the episode. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Couplings Fire podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Anderson, and I am so happy to have you here today. I don't know if you guys can hear it in my voice, but I am so, I don't know, I'm so full of energy. I have so much energy. I feel renewed. I I took a week off last week, right? Like I I put that uh, small episode out for Easter update, right? And I took the weekend off and I had a blast. I had so much fun with friends. I had fun with family. Um, it, it went really, really well. And I started a new job this week and, and all these things are starting to come together. And I don't know, they're starting to finally work out. <laughs> I can't even find the right words for it, but I feel so happy. I am just, I am just re-energized again and I am ready to get to work again. And I'm ready to focus on on everything again, right? And you're thinking, well, it wasn't that long. You didn't take long of a break or anything. You know, how can you already be focused and ready to go again? And I don't know. I don't know, but I am and I'm happy for it. Sometimes we just need a little bit of time where we stop thinking about our commitments and thinking about the fire service, even for a weekend and things work out. (sighs) Wow, that was very, <laughs> very high energy for the first couple of minutes there. Um, but no, I'm I'm happy. I'm excited. How many times can I say that before you guys get fed up? I'm happy and excited. <laughs> okay, okay. But here we go on to this episode of the Couplings Fire podcast. That's so much fun to say. Anyways, okay. So if you guys haven't uh, heard yet, if you guys didn't listen to last week, I have stickers now for the podcast. It's awesome. They are fantastic quality. I'm so happy with them. If you guys would like to get your hands on a sticker, they are $3 each. That includes shipping. Um, That'll go to anywhere in the U.S. Um, As far as prices go for outside the U.S., I really don't have a lot of Maybe I should probably figure that out, right? So I can tell you guys. But if you're if you're outside the U.S. and you're looking for a sticker, message me on Instagram or Facebook or send me an email, and I will figure it out, <laughs> and we'll see if we'll we'll get one to you, right? I just I don't know exactly how much postage and stuff costs for that. <laughs> I've never had to do it before. <laughs> but yeah, anywhere in the U.S., it's three dollars a sticker, and you can go ahead and send that over on Venmo to me. My Username over on Venmo is Taylor Anderson 31. That's Taylor Anderson 31. Um, so just send that to me there and make sure you put your address in the comments section so I know where to send it to. And if you guys would like to get your hands on a free sticker, um, if you guys write a rating and review for the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you're able to do that, send me a message that you did that. I will send you a free sticker. So if you're looking to get one for free, that's how you can do it. Um, other housekeeping. Oh, oh, I can't believe I almost forgot this. <laughs> it's so exciting too. So I had the chance. Uh, I got asked on by Nick Higgins of the Firehouse Tribune to be on the Five Tool Firefighter podcast. And that is his podcast. And the, the podcast episode came out earlier this week on Monday. 
if you guys haven't listened to it yet, go check it out. Uh, you can find the Five Tool Firefighter podcast. It should be on every audio platform you're listening to. It should be whatever you're listening to this on. You should be able to go find it. If you can't, let me or Nick know, and we'll make sure that it gets on there for you. But go check that out. I had a blast talking with him. It it was so much fun. It was so weird, so different to be the one getting interviewed. I've been interviewed a couple of times before, and this experience um, was equally amazing. And I don't know, we just had so much fun talking. So go check out that episode on Nick's channel. So yeah, that is all the big updates I have for the moment. <sighs> See if I can't tone this down to be a little bit more calm for you guys, right? I mean, you guys are used to me kind of doing my own thing. You know that's how it goes. You know I'm going to get excited about this, but I'll try, I'll try to rein it in a bit here. <laughs> Making no promises on how long that's actually going to last, though. Okay, so what we're talking about today, we're talking personality types. I am a huge fan of personality quizzes. And I think it's just because I find myself having a weird brain. I feel like I have a weird brain. I feel like I don't quite fit wherever I go. Um, I'm always too much of something or too little of something to fit into groups nicely and easily. And it's not a bad thing. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's just, it's weird because I always find like, it's like, I'm, I, I feel so weird. And so something like a personality test that actually explains to me why I feel the way I feel, why I do the things I do it, and gets me to better know myself helps me to, to overall put myself in the best setup to accomplish my goals and to get along with people and things like that. Right. Um, we'll get into benefit more benefits of knowing your personality types here in a bit but I, this is a subject I love and if you guys haven't dug into personality types very much this is going to be a front intro to that and kind of seeing why they're really cool and how you can actually use them for your personal life for the fire service for whatever and it makes things so much easier <laughs> and it's kind of cool because it almost feels like they're reading your mind when you do this. Okay. So there are a couple different personality types I'm going to talk on. I'm going to touch on today. So a couple you've heard of the type A type B, right? Almost everybody's heard of that, right? You're either a type A person or a type B person. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Myers-Briggs tests. Um, and then we're also going to talk about the Enneagram. So those are the three I'm going to touch on today. And I'm going to let you guys, guys know what I am and kind of where you can find information on these tests to go take your own quizzes and and figure out what you are to find more information out. And all of the resources I'm going to be giving you are going to be free resources. Um, and then if you'd like to, you know, go purchase either the additions to those or whatever, you're more than welcome to. Um, I'm not sponsored by anything. This, no sponsorships. This is just me loving these tests. And these were the sites I went to to get my results. So yeah, these tests are designed to tell you more about yourself, tell you more about your coworkers, tell you more about your family members, whoever are taking these tests that you have access to what their answers are. Um, they're, they're there to help you make things work better, to see why they do the things they do. Overall, it gives you a very unbiased perspective on their personalities. And in every single one of these tests, one type is not better than another. They're just different. 
So it doesn't it doesn't matter what your type is. There's going to be positives and negatives. It's going to be very real. And when you go through and actually take your own quizzes for these, you're going to have to be as down to earth and real as possible and going with your gut reaction. Don't think about things too much when you go and take these tests because the more you think about a question, the more you put what you want to put, the more you put what you should be, not what you actually do and what you actually are. You know, take these take these quizzes on your own so that you're not getting input from anybody else, right? You're not feeling embarrassed by how you answer and answer extremely honestly. Those That's the only way that these quizzes actually work and help. Just because you want to fix something doesn't mean it's going to be fixed right away. So don't change your answer to something of like, oh, I, I'm awesome at talking with people and stuff and communicating when you're really not. Be, be very blunt and honest with yourself. It's all right. <laughs> There's no one here to judge you. Okay, so let's start out with the type A type B. This is most normal one. Most people know it. So type A personality, um, this one actually, I don't know if there's an actual test. You're just going to be able to see because they're very starkly different in what they are. Um, if you look up any information about it, type A personality, they're definitely going to be more stress prone. They're concerned with time management. They're, very, they're what I like to call just like fast moving people. Very fast moving people. They're extremely outgoing. They're ambitious. They're organized. Uh, they're also, they can be impatient, but they're proactive. They're high achieving. They're quote unquote workaholics. Um, they have a super busy schedule and don't really have a lot of time to enjoy life. Um, sometimes they have nervous gestures that happen or tics. They don't like accepting failure. That That's not an option for them. They will keep trying till they break. But overall, very high achievers and fantastic at multitasking. And overall, like I said, they're fast people. Now type B, I'm going to call them more of like a steady, right? This is like the difference between like the tortoise and the hare kind of thing, right? You got the you got the fast hare and you got the slow tortoise. And I know the tortoise won in the end, but type B isn't necessarily better than type A. They both have their place. But type B is more more relaxed. You know, they're easygoing. They they have modest ambition, you know, and that's not saying that type B's can't be ambitious, right? It's just not as much of a drive as what a type A typically has. You know, they they live in the moment. Um they're not necessarily concerned about time. Time constraints don't bother them so much. They're very mild-mannered. They don't like to brag a lot, right? Um, they, they really like the quality of the time, not the quantity of things they get done in that time. Overall, they, they are just more laid back of people. Can you guess? <laughs> Can you guess which one I am? I'll give you a few seconds here. If you said type A, you'd be right. <laughs> and actually, most of the fire service is type A. That those are the type of people that this career volunteer prep really draws out. It really, it really brings those type A people to the forefront. Now, I'll tell you guys something. It's really funny. Uh, Chris, he is not a type A at all. He is 100% a type B. That's not to say he doesn't have some type A qualities, but overall he is more type B than anything else. So he's kind of one of the odd, odd men out when it comes to some of the fire service, right? He's definitely in the lower percentage. And there, there are plenty of type Bs in the fire service. It's just, you know, percentage wise, way more type A's in there. You know, we're the ones who like to get stuff done. We're the ones who like to fix problems. That's typically going to be us. <laughs> 
All right, another type of, of personality test. We have the Myers-Briggs. And with this one, you guys can go to, let's see, I went to 16personalities.com. That's one six, the number one six, 16personalities.com. It's a free personality test to go through. Um, I ended up getting the answer of ENTP. Now, I guess before I go into what that is, let's go into like what the letters mean. <laughs> so, so there are 16 different types of personalities in the Myers-Briggs test. And basically when you, you have four different letters that are in succession, right? Like mine is the ENTP. And so it puts two different things together. So you're either more of this or more of this, right? More of A versus more B. That's not referencing type A and type B. That's just, you're more one or two. How about that? <laughs> so the first slot you have um, is where mine's an E is an extrovert. It, you're either an extrovert or an introvert. The next slot, mine's an N, which is for intuitive. And they can be either intuitive or sensors. In the next slot, you have T or F or minus T, which is a thinker. So you either have thinker or feeler. And the last spot, you have either a J or a P, which mine is a P, which is perceivers or judgers. All right, so I am officially an extrovert, intuitive, thinker, perceiver. It makes sense. <laughs> that definitely feels like me. And to give you guys a little bit halfway more information of, of what the letters or what the, what the types what the subtypes mean, right? What makes, what defines what you are. So the extroversion, you know, is very people and things versus introversion, which is more ideas and information. You have either sensing or intuition, the sensing's more facts and reality versus possibilities and potential. The thinking is more logic and truth versus the feeling, which is values and relationships. And the judgment is well-structured lifestyle versus perception, which is more go of the floor, Go with the flow lifestyle. Okay, so hopefully it gives you a little more information. Um, when you guys take your own personality test, you can actually really dig into what all those mean if you want to. There's tons of information out there. So I want to talk about mine for a little bit. So just because it's curious. I don't know. Like, it's interesting. And I feel like you guys are curious to know more about what mine is. So the ENTP, which, and mine is actually, there's another dash with a T, which is a turbulent and I can't, I honestly, I can't remember what the other one is right now. It's either turbulent or, I don't know what the other one is, um, but it's a kind of like an add-on. So apparently I'm a turbulent <laughs> and this type is called the debater. And apparently it's only like 3% of the population according to this. And I've, I've taken this test several times at a couple different places and it comes up to the same one because I'm one of those people to like make sure <laughs> that it's the same thing. So this personality, it's so funny how much it fits, but so I was going to kind of read some stuff here. I, I don't remember if I'm actually quoting anything or not. So don't take this as 100% my own words here for a little bit because I'm just reading from some notes. So uh, not trying to plagiarize, just trying to give you guys information. So overall, you know, I love the debate atmosphere. I'm not great with emotions. The classic devil's advocate for the sake of a good conversation and learning. Definitely me. <laughs> I love good communication. Hey, I feel like that, you know, it's kind of come up a few times on the podcast. <laughs> Loves good communication. 
Uh, I want the facts and I value being told or proven wrong with facts to back it up rather than to be right with no feedback. That's, that's weird. Not a lot of people like that, but I am definitely one of those. If I'm wrong, please tell me I'm wrong, but give me the facts and feedback to back it up. Don't just say that, oh, you're right and blah, blah, and you're so great. And then nothing to prove that. Like, I want the proof, right? I That's very much me. I want it all laid out there just to know that I'm doing good or to know that I need to fix it. But all feedback that I like to receive must be logical and performance oriented. It's not just, oh, you're pretty or blah, blah, or whatever. Like, oh, no, you're doing good on this awesome project. Or, hey, like, you've really helped out here for this reason or something. You know, like, very much, that's me. <laughs> Nothing bothers people with a debater personality more than getting out of a meeting where everyone agreed with the first plan presented, only to hear everyone complain about how stupid the plan was 10 minutes later. But they, quote unquote, didn't want to make waves. Yeah, yeah, that's that's literally one of my biggest pet peeves. So that's hilarious how that stuck out there. <laughs> uh, big thing about me too uh, with this type, brainstorming, figuring out problems, I'm energetic, always learning, fascinated by knowledge, curious, and always analyzing. But also with this type, you know, you can be very argumentative, insensitive, hard to focus, easily bored, and doesn't like the day-to-day -day grind. Yes. <laughs> All of that, yes. I I have been known to be very argumentative. You guys can hear me on here when I get into a rant and things, right? And sometimes I have to watch what I say because I don't realize I'm being insensitive. It's not that I'm trying to get on other people's, people's nerves. I don't try to hurt feelings. I don't want to hurt feelings. But as you guys have heard what I've explained of this type anyways, I'm not good with emotions and I'm really not. And, and I'm not, I don't know, I'm, I, I like to argue for the sake of a good argument and to get facts back and forth and to make sense of things. You know, I, I, I don't want to just tell people good job because they need to hear it. I will go out of my way to do it. I've learned very much to do that, right? But I, I like to have purpose behind what I say and what I do. And it's never the intention to hurt feelings, but it can happen. And it, it easily happens because of the type I am and because I don't always stop to think about that. So <laughs> definitely things for me to work on, things I have been trying to work on, things that since I've had this test done and I've, had, I've, I've known this type for about five years now, I've worked really hard on what I need to supplement, what I need to work on to work better with other people. Okay, so that's the Myers-Briggs. Uh, for reference, if that kind of sounds like you, it's the ENTP, uh, which is the debater. Um, if that doesn't sound anything like you, or maybe only partially like you, you're probably a different type. <laughs> so uh, the next uh, personality type we're going to talk about here is the Enneagram. I love the Enneagram. The Enneagram is interesting it is not it, yes it's based on the questions and answers to like your personalities and you figure that out right the same the same way but how do I explain this it is basically based off of your core desires and your core fears 
So there are nine types with the Enneagram. And I, I took the test and I got all of my information over at yourenneagramcoach.com. That's a free place to go get it taken. There are some other sites you can go to too for it, but that's the one I went to. That's the one I like the information from. So there are nine types with it. So you have type one, which is the moral perfectionist. They're, and th these are really quick, so I'm just gonna kind of go through them. Um, so their basic fear is corruptness, imbalance, being bad, right? And their basic desire is goodness, integrity, balance. Type two is a supportive advisor. Their biggest fear is being unloved and their basic desire is to be loved. Type three is a successful achiever. Their basic fear is worthlessness and their basic desire is to feel valuable. If you guys are seeing a correlation here <laughs> between the fear and the desire here. Type four is a romantic individualist. Their fear is having no identity or significance and their desire is to be uniquely themselves. Type five is the investigative thinker. They, their fear is helplessness, incapability, incompetence, and their desire is mastery and understanding. Type six is the loyal guardian. Uh, their fear is being without support or guidance, and their desire is to have support and guidance. Type seven is the entertaining optimist. Their fear is being trapped in pain and deprivation, and their desire is to be satisfied and content. Type eight is the protective challenger. Their fear is being harmed, controlled, violated, and their desire is self-protection. And lastly, type nine, the peaceful mediator. Uh, their fear is loss, fragmentation, separation, and their desire is holelessness and peace of mind. Whew, that was a lot. Okay, so, so, <laughs> what am I? Uh, this one actually took me by surprise based off of the fear and the desire. Uh, when I first took this test, I didn't anticipate this one. I was thinking a different one. And then once I got this one and I started reading through all of the information for this type, it fit. So that's something too. If you guys take these tests and it doesn't think, seem like it right away, read more into it. And that's it, another good thing is to try taking these tests other places too um, or a few different times. Over, like spread over a couple months or something like that, right? To see where you really land. Just because you may not answer truthfully the first time or it just may seem unclear. You just don't, you don't feel like one type actually fits you. And it happens. You can't get miscategorized in any of these things. Anyway, so I'm actually a type six, the loyal guardian. Um, like I said, it, it surprised me because honestly, I don't, I don't think my, I, I never thought my biggest fear was being without support or guidance. And I never thought my basic desire was to have support and guidance. But since I've had these results and actually looked into it, and I, I did take it several other places first to really make sure, because I thought it was some different ones. But the more I realized, the more I read through the information, the more I actually paid attention to what I was doing and the way I live my life and the way I, I act, the more I realized, oh, it's there. I just don't notice it. I, I really like to make sure that I have a leader I want to follow, right? Uh, that's, that's something I really like having. I feel comforted in that. So uh, let's get into kind of the information on the Loyal Guardian specifically, right? You guys get to learn all about me in this episode. <laughs> so type six, the Loyal Guardian, um, overall, they anticipate life's dangers, 
And overall, yes, their fear is being without support or guidance, but the their fear is feeling fear itself. Being blamed, targeted, abandoned, all of that kind of wrapped into one, which does actually really fit. Um, the core gu- desire, like we said, is having guidance, security, and support. Their core weakness is anxiety, which is hilarious because I have anxiety, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense, you know, and you're constantly scanning and trying to predict and prevent negative outcomes, which I definitely do. Um, overall, type six is the most loyal of all types, hence why it's called the loyal guardian. Type sixes tend to go down with the ship, as it were, if something were to fail, they're not going to abandon anything or anyone that they feel loyal to. They're not just loyal to people. They're also loyal to certain ideas, systems, and beliefs. Um, And it actually goes a step farther than that. They have the belief that all ideas or authorities should also be questioned or defied, if need be. Um, Just because they're loyal to it doesn't mean... Doesn't mean they're doing it without an open mind. Doesn't mean they're doing it blindly. Um, If they feel a reason to turn on it, they will turn very swiftly and very, (laughs) um, you know, they're going to fight for their beliefs more fiercely than themselves overall. But if you give them a reason to be loyal to you, right? If you work with them, if you, if you're open with them, even if you do things that they don't like, if you're doing it for a specific reason, if you explain why, and if you're able to communicate with them on that level of why you're doing it and they still believe in you, they're going to still do it, even though they don't necessarily believe in that because they believe in you. That's kind of a look into my own brain, but overall it's an extremely loyal type and it's not likely to change, but it can happen. Uh, The type six is very much a type of opposites, which is actually why I got, why I thought I was miscategorized, why I thought that I was supposed to be something else, because it is very opposite. It it has a lot of other, other traits to other Enneagram types, you know, so they are strong and weak at the same time. They're fearful, can't even say that, fearful and courageous, right? Like fearful, like they're looking for everything to go wrong, Right. But you're very courageous because you do it anyways. And you're loyal and you will stick up for for what you believe in. You'll stick up for those beliefs, for those people, right? You're going to go down with the ship. You're, you're very trusting, very loyal, right? But you're also distrusting because you know what happens when too many people are loyal, blindly loyal. Not, not just loyal, but they're blindly loyal. You know, they, they are aggressive and passive at the same time. They have strong convictions and doubt themselves. They can also really want to be a leader and they can also want to be a follow in, follower in some instances. This overall, this very contradictory nature is the main characteristic, I can't even talk today, the main characteristic of, of a type six and hence why it's very hard to categorize. But overall, Type sixes, they're extremely reliable, committed, dedicated to the individuals and movements in which they deeply believe, which is funny because of how hard I got stuck into the fire service. And I, I, you guys know me, I'm, I'm more than knee deep. I am just all in at this point. You know, I, I went through the deep end. I'm, I literally went off that high dive and I'm somewhere down there. (laughs) Um, so I didn't mention what Chris was on the Myers-Briggs. He actually, 
He's only taken it once and I can't really remember what it is. I do know he's an introvert officially on that. I do remember his first one was an I, but I don't remember what he was on that. But when it comes to the Enneagram, Chris is actually a type nine, which is the peacemaker. Okay, and lastly, this one's just for fun to, to get out my even more geeky side for you guys. Um, I didn't mention this in the beginning that we'd be going over this because I didn't decide to do it till just now. <laughs> but Harry Potter houses. Okay, I heard a few of you just groan or want to shut off this podcast. Stick with me. I'm, it won't be very long. But Harry Potter houses, those are, in, the, in a sense, their own personality tests right? If you've ever gone through like an online sorting of that or something like that. I can't tell you exactly where to go to find those sorting. I don't want to go look it up right now. You just find out Harry Potter sorting quiz. You'll find something online. Um, you have the four types. You have Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. All right. So Gryffindor, uh, their values are bravery, helping others, and chivalry. Ravenclaw is intelligence, knowledge, planning ahead, and wit. Hufflepuff is hard work, patience, loyalty, and fair play. And Slytherin is ambition, cunningness, heritage, and resourcefulness. Okay, first of all, I want to tell you guys that everyone thinks that Slytherin is always for bad people, evil people, whatever. Like, you have bad intentions if you're a Slytherin. You are not. There's been, like, okay, I know fake worlds, right? But there have been great people who are Slytherins. There have been really influential good people in the Harry Potter universe that are Slytherins that aren't bad. So telling you right now it's not a bad house to be in and these are just things that you value it doesn't mean if you don't get put in Ravenclaw you're not smart doesn't mean that at all doesn't mean if you don't get put in Gryffindor you're not brave it's just what you actually value uh for me can you guys take a guess of what I am do 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 Okay, I'm not going to keep going with the Jeopardy song. Um, but <laughs> I am a Hufflepuff. So I value hard work, patience, loyalty, and fair play. And if you guys have been paying attention to the rest of what rest of what my types are, this, it fits. And yes, there's some things that kind of halfway contradict you think. Like, how does the debater on Myers-Briggs test work with Hufflepuff? You know, because... And, and even with type A, how does that work with Hufflepuff? Because type A, you're you're very um, fast and into it, whatever. Whereas Hufflepuff, one of their values is patience. Remember what I said about type sixes? Type sixes are very contradictory <laughs> when it comes to the Enneagram, right? These all tell you different things about yourselves. Each one of these tests are not in place of the other ones. They all... Tell you, help tell you a part of yourself and help work things out there you can use them in different ways and they both they all kind of help find a way into your personalities personalities are very complex one test cannot tell you everything if it would that means there's literally only 16 i mean yeah the myers-briggs thing says 16 personalities right but even two people with the same personality are going to think very differently from each other at the same time so all these kind of work cohesively together to help you have a better view of yourself. And Chris, um, I'm not actually sure what he is for a Hogwarts house. He, it, it's kind of gone back and forth between the two. Um, I think most recently he got put in Ravenclaw, but I think he's more of a Hufflepuff. 
I don't actually know. I don't know. We're going to test him again. You know what? I'm just going to test him again because I'm, I'm very curious. So, okay. So those are all those tests that I have to talk about. But we're really far into this episode. We're close to the end. I've been talking about this for so long. Why does this stuff even matter? <laughs> you're probably thinking to yourself, you're probably like, what the heck, Taylor? This is like kind of stupid or I really don't care or what? You're talking about the stuff on a fire podcast. On a fire podcast, what does this stuff have to do with fire podcasts? Well, I'll tell you what that has to do with fire podcasts. What it has to do with firefighting. When we know more about ourselves and our fellow firefighters, we can better interact with them. I encourage you not just to take these tests on your own but to have other people in your department, other friends, whoever you can get to take them, take these tests. And, and I'd say if, if they're okay with it, have at least leadership, have what each person is. Not everyone has to, right? Um, and, and obviously that is fully up to, you know, like if they want to give that information, right? But have them, if you can have leadership, know what each person is, because you're going to know what drives them. You're going to figure out how they respond to ter certain types of, of communication, right? Is this somebody that needs to be talked hard on or, or do they need a lighter hand? And that's not just from guessing. This is from quizzed facts that you've gotten from them specifically. Like this is tailored to them. You know, are you going to be dealing with somebody like me who loves to play devil's advocate and who really wants to just go at it so that we can get some good conversation going? You know, do you need to give me facts to back up the fact that you think I'm wrong on something? Or am I going to be one of those people where if you tell me I'm wrong, I'm just going to accept it and it's okay? Overall, you're going to be leading your people more effectively, not just as an officer, but a fellow firefighter. So if you're able to tell everybody what your types are and stuff like that and kind of give everyone a rundown of the different types and stuff, if it's possible, I think it would be a huge help to the fire service, a huge help to your department, to your group. I mean, think of it. You're going to be able to resolve any conflict that happens a lot quicker, easily, easier, more solidly. Like you're going to know what triggered them and why it triggered them. What could... We aren't mind readers. I've said it time and time again, we're not mind readers. This is as close as we're going to get to being able to mind read. So if you can't figure out why someone's mad at you and you know what type they are, if you take a little bit of time to think, you might be able to figure out why they're mad <laughs> or what happened or how you just need to handle the situation. And then it's actually fixed. You don't just put a Band-Aid on it. Overall, you end up understanding things from their points of view, which is extremely important in the fire service. There's so many different points of view in this, and we can't come at it from a, a, a look of an idea of me, 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 right? We have to come at this from an idea of, okay, put yourself in their shoes. How do they want to be treated? It's another thing I've said for a while. It's not how you would want to be treated in their spot. It's how they want to be treated while they're there. They can be two very different things. And this is not trying to baby anybody. This is not trying to 
take out hard work or punishment or whatever. No, that still needs to be there. They all have their place. But this is trying to be more human about it and to stop conflict hopefully before it even starts. And this is putting in extra effort to get to know your people and you putting in that extra effort will be seen by them and they'll respect you more for it. They'll be impressed by it. They'll be like, hey, you actually care? You're not just like running around barking orders at me. You're not just like, you know, the other firefighter on my shift who like I thought, you know, whatever, like thought they didn't like me at all, but you actually care enough to like figure this out and see how to make things better with my type. Another little fun way you can kind of put these together. Um, so I know like specifically the Enneagram, um, you can kind of see like how relationships are going to work with two people, whether romantic or just friendship or work relationships or whatever, right? And I'll kind of tell you what, what you're going to get from it overall. I mean, it's not perfect. I'm not saying that, so don't take it as that, okay? But it's going to give you an overall bird's eye view of what it could be, what it, what it really should be if the types are right. And it kind of helps you to figure out who to put together for things or who to really not put together if you can help it, right? I mean, people still have to work, learn to work with everybody, but if you can help it, maybe you shouldn't put those two together to work on a shift or to, to do the same task or something. So like Chris and I, I'm a six, he's a nine for the Enneagram. Basically what our relationship looks like from the Enneagram, from all of their research that they've done, it's a very stable relationship. Both of us are very similar in how we want to have a relationship built. We want our full lives to be built on solid, dependable values and for good, honest work to be rewarded. Overall, that is where our common ground lies. And it's, I can see it. We work really well together. We have a very solid marriage. It's awesome. That doesn't mean we don't still have problems. We do have problems. I know one of my friends um, Andrea, she, she keeps telling me, is like, Taylor, I, I can't believe you guys, how well you get to, how well you guys get along together. You guys are so sick. You know, it's just, it's sickingly amazing. <laughs> and, and she, she just gets a kick out of it, how much we actually love each other. It's funny. Um, but we still have problems that she doesn't see. I tell her about some, right? But like, there's still problems that are there that people don't see. But overall, yes, we have a very stable, solid relationship. That's what we desire. That's what we work for. Um, so you're gonna be able to figure stuff out like that when you start getting into, when you start getting into the Enneagram, into the Myers Briggs, into <laughs> even the Hogwarts houses. <laughs> Trying to figure that out. Going over these personality types is is so much fun for me. It's so different. Something that. You know what? In the fire service, I don't hear talked about enough. We, we spend so much time learning about, about leadership, learning about tactics, but we're not investing enough time into learning about human behavior. So, some, some instructors out there have been amazing. They've started to put human behavior into their leadership classes. Those instructors, thank you. Thank you so much. It is needed. It's amazing. I love what you're doing with it. Other instructors, take note. <laughs> if you're not doing that already, think about it. Really think about putting that stuff into your leadership classes. 
or creating full classes just based off of personality types. Not just personality types, no, based off of human behavior. Off the top of my head, one of my, one of the favorite uh, instructors I've ever had that went over human behavior was, is Billy Greenwood. He has a few um, amazing classes going over human behavior. There's, there are others out there, but that's, that's the guy I'm going to plug today because I really enjoyed his classes on it. I've taken several of them now. And after I took those classes, I was able to go back to my home department and I started to get along with some people better. Not everybody, but I understood why some people were doing what they were doing. I understood why I was doing what I was doing. And I figured out how to make that, how to leverage it and use it to the best, put it to the best use for the department, right? It's not cheating. It's not... You are manipulating, yes, but it's not manipulation for manipulation's sake. It's not manipulation for for personal gain. It's not for any sort of to put anyone else down or to harm anything. It's for the betterment of everybody in the department. To me, it's no different than, you know, just offering incentives, okay? You know one person is going to be incentivized to to get something done by reward so you give them an awesome reward but that's not going to work for this other guy the other guy the only way he's actually going to get it done is if you hound on him and have some sort of a penalty that goes along with it that's the only way he's going to get it done people work different ways and you need to realize that and, and it it helps so much so no i I want to see this implemented more in trainings in the fire service. If you can't find a training on the stuff, um, I encourage you guys to go look out into business conferences. Business conferences all over the country, all, all over the world, are looking into human behavior. A lot of businesses have seen that that's the key to success right now. So if you can't find something in the fire service, which I, I mean, there's, there are some out there, go find them. Um, if you guys know of any, put it in the comments somewhere, you know, send me a message where you've seen these classes come from, who teaches them. So I can put it out there for other people to hear too, right? But if for some reason you can't find these type of classes at your local training conference or anything, or able to get anyone to come in to teach it, find business conferences, find business speakers, just because it's business and not fire service doesn't mean you can't bring it into your fire department. You can bring a business speaker into your fire department. Actually, you probably should. <laughs> it's not a no-no. All right, let's, let's, let's get better about blending the lines between that. Things don't have to stay separate. Things shouldn't stay separate. Because there's a lot of stuff we can take over the, from, from businesses, from the corporate world that will help push us and make us better. But overall, like I said with all this stuff, it doesn't just help out the fire service. It'll help you in everyday life. This will help you with your spouse. This will help you with your kids. This will help you with that <laughs> coaching the peewee baseball team. <laughs> it'll teach you, it, it'll help you when you're at church with, on the worship team. It'll, it'll help you anywhere. So go out, take advantage of it, see what you get. 
try to get other people to take it too and see if everyone's comfortable sharing what their answers are for the betterment of everybody, for the betterment of the team. So anyways, that is what I have for this week. I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode. Um, if you did, please let me know. I, I Like I said back earlier when I was talking about the um, Myers-Briggs test, I like feedback. Give me feedback, please. <laughs> Tell me what you think I'm doing good. Tell me what you think I'm doing wrong. Have some facts to back it up. Have some places or some ways that I can get better at it, right? Like, don't just tell me I suck. Please don't do that. I mean, I guess you can. I, I've gotten it before. I can get it again. Like, whatever. <laughs> right? But don't just do that. Give me reasonings behind it. Give me ways that I can actually improve to get things better. Because you know what? That is what I'm striving for. To improve, get better, and be the best version of myself. So, anyways, that's all I got for this week. As always, I have no idea what I'm talking about next week, but I know it's going to be a good one. So, I hope you guys have a good night, day, whatever time you're listening to this, and I will catch you on the next episode. See ya. Thanks for coming by and listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Coupling Spire Podcast. See you next time, everybody.